Well, the time for talking is nearly over, although no doubt there's still plenty to be said when the Ashes gets underway. It's live, of course, on SEN and the SENZ uh, networks uh, across both sides of the Tasman. Um, of course, Friday evening is first ball due. Uh, Glenn McGrath is pretty certain it's going to be 5-0 sweep to Australia. It's fair to say that Ben Stokes and Baz McCullum will see an entirely different picture. But one man whose opinion we should take very seriously is the host of the Road to the Ashes series you've heard and a former elite competitor in both the AFL, the international cricket domain, and, of course, he knows what it's like to win big horse races as well. That is Simon O'Donnell, and it's good morning to you, uh, Simon. Um, listen, you won your first uh, test cap. Uh, you were test cap number 329, the, the treasured baggy green, and that was in an Ashes test match. Take us back, please, if you can, to the, how you felt when you heard that. Um, Smitty, it was a, was a really special occasion. It was probably 48 hours before they bowled the first ball of the first test in 1985, and uh, it was a memorable test match, Smitty, because I lasted about 18 seconds. I took centre to leg, missed the first one, and walked straight off. <laughs> it got better, though. It got better. Not much better. The second innings, then, I think it was close to a record, too. I think it was about 43 minutes on zero to make a pair in the first test match. And John Embry and Phil Edmonds were bowling. I remember it like it was yesterday. There was um, overweight Englishmen all around me um, giving me pretty good advice on uh, what I should do with my career uh, after I finish cricket, which is about to happen. So um, we battled our way through. And Wayne Phillips, uh, one of your... Um, uh, wicket-keeping family. Uh, when I walked out the bat on a pair, he walked up to me, Smithy, and he said, um, how many great test hundreds have you seen? I looked at him, what a funny thing to say, and he said, you're about to witness one. And he got out at 91, and it was he absolutely took England apart, which was extraordinary, but... Um, he fell nine runs short, and I thought I was going to witness one of the great test hundreds. That is, that's cool, and I know Flipper very well. I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from there. Uh, Simon, just, just paint a picture for us. Uh, none of, uh, no New Zealand citizen will ever, uh, will ever play in the Ashes as such. For us, it's the all-black jersey. What about this particular contest, this Ashes contest? Yeah, look, I, I think it's one of the great iconic sporting events. Uh, every two years, you know, we we obviously swap nations where we play it, but, you know, that that sense of history, and, and I think that's, you know, one of the one of the things I hope we never lose in our in our sport with the challenges in front of Test Cricket at the moment is you know, this sense of history, and you know, for all the um, different forms of the game and the publicity that uh, uh, that surround them these days. I mean, we just had the World Test Championship, and in a way it was second fiddle to what's about to start on Friday, which that's quite extraordinary in itself. And you, know, you guys have won a, um, you know, a World Test Championship, and, and you know, that, that's a big thing. And you know, for that to sort of play second fiddle to, to what's going to happen at Edgbaston on Friday, the start of a, an Ashes series, is quite extraordinary in itself. 
Right, okay. Uh, how do you, can you put this down in any simple fashion, a battle between this and that or that bowling attack and that top order? Or where do you, do you, do you see a really uh, a key area or two that will define what happens here? Mate, I'm, I'm going to waver to your great wisdom on this. I mean, you, you've seen the, you know, the, the McCullum influence on England firsthand in, in New Zealand this year. I, probably the one thing I've got in my head that you, you just you do need a plan B against the sort of tactic that they appear to, they're going to bring out onto the ground on, on you know, scoring runs quickly and and you know, not leaving balls and making sure that um, you know, they, they put a lot of pressure on the, the opposing bowling team. So I, I'm wondering that whether you know, that's a, a key ingredient for a bowling team now to go out and, and have a, a plan B. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I totally agree. I, look, it's worked till now, um, and, uh, but they haven't played an attack like this. Uh, you, you do have to have a plan B over a period of time. You just, uh, you know, cricket is um, is a much more studied game than it used to be, uh, Simon. When you, you know, it's like a boxing match now. You you punch and then you you, you sit on the ropes and take it. Then you counter punch back, uh, and, and it happens a lot more regularly with research these days. Australia are not stupid. They have been sitting back watching England uh, decimate bowling attacks at a great rate of knots. This is not going to happen, uh, I don't think, without a great deal of risk. So I'm with you on a plan B, um, but I've never known Bren- Brendan McCullum to sit back for long, and plan B will probably be an attacking one as well somehow. Yeah, and I think it goes both ways, Smithy, that you know, the Aussies have got to make sure that they've got you know, their plans in place as well. You know, If guys are taking balls off the stumps and scoring boundaries and scoring at a rapid rate. You know, they've got to have a they've got to have a, a, another plan themselves. I mean, they're fantastic, I think, the Australians at hitting the top of off stump and keeping that pressure on. Now, if, if that turns against you for a period of time, whether that be a session, a session and a half, I think you can see that England take test matches away from opposition teams in those short periods of time. So they're going to make sure themselves that they have something up their sleeve to counter-attack what will be a, a positive attack from England, I'm sure. Right, let's look at uh, Australia, the makeup of Australia's side. Um, I think it's relatively predictable, apart from maybe one area, and that is, I think, uh, they, do they find room for Hazelwood, or do... Uh, or do they say, uh, Josh, you haven't played a lot of cricket. Uh, we've just got a bowling attack that's won a World Test Championship final. We're going to put faith in them first. Where do you go uh, with your pace attack? Well, I don't think you change the pace attack that went into the Oval World Test Championship final. Um, if Josh Hazelwood had only been out for the last three or four weeks with an injury, I'd probably say that's up for debate. You know, Josh hasn't played a full series, I think, for three or four years. Um, now, he's a wonderful competitor and a wonderful bowler, but you know, what you don't need in in Shield cricket, uh, in Test cricket and Ashes cricket, is, is someone coming in with any sort of injury cloud hanging over them in the, in the first Test match where you really want to put a stamp on where you want this series to go. So uh, if I was a selector, I... I for all the great things that Josh Hazelwood brings, I couldn't take that risk, really. 
Okay, uh, just tell us then um, about Scott Boland. I mean, you Victorians love uh, crowing about your your mates, but what about the Scott Boland? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what you see is what you get. Um, as all of us Victorians ask me, the as you well know, we're very humble. Yeah, 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 of course you are. Yes, um, yeah, we, we just go about our business. Um, there's no fanfare. He runs in, he bowls the ball in, a, in an area that will make you play every single delivery he bowls. Um, he's just a beauty. He's one of those guys, you wind him up at the start of the day and you replace the bat, take the battery out at the end of the day and uh, you charge it up and then you replace it the next morning. That's Scott Boland and, and that's why I think his success in Test cricket has been so astronomical so far is that you know, he's relentless and you know, Test cricket is all about being relentless from a bowling point of view and He's relentless at that off stump, so I think he's he's earned his opportunity. It's taken a long time, um, but you know the way he's bowling and you know, what he brings to the table in building pressure, not only from his own bowling but enabling the guy at the other end to even attack a little more. I, I think it's something that's absolute gold for Australia at the minute. Let's look to at the, the top of the batting order if, if we can, because. Uh, I, I think it's uh, undoubted that Warner and Kawaja will get first crack of the whip, but it's a question of uh, how long uh, they're going to feel the whip before something happens. Now, Kawaja's form in England has not been flash over history, and Warner's fl- form of late has not been flash at all. Where do you sit on this uh, opening duo of left-handers? Happy to stay where we are at the minute. Um, I... I I like Davy Warner's 43 in the first innings at the Oval. I, I thought it was... Uh, I, I think he's really set himself, you know, to retire in Sydney next year in the New Year's Test match against Pakistan. He wants that to be his, his send-off. And I think he's mentally just put himself in a frame now to say, you know, I, I can do this. And, you know, he's a guy that's always responded well to challenges. So... Well, this is his ultimate one, I think. Uh, I, I, I believe he gets the first Test match. If he's not showing something that, you know, uh, I suppose looks to be able to give him longevity to get through to, you know, to Sydney, I don't think he'll get many tests after the first one if things don't go well. Wow, OK. Uh, Nathan Lyon is a factor in this series. But genuine factor um, you know he just he's, he's, a, he's quite phenomenal like everyone sung the praises of Scott Boland at the Oval and so they should have but 4 for 41 he ended up with in his second inning so no one talks about it mm. and it was quite quite extraordinary what he brings to the table and, and he looks I'm going to say terrible he, he, he in some ways looks a little innocuous when he bowls as if he's sort of a you know, a, a fast off-breaker. But you know, what he brings to the table, his strike rate and you know, the batsman he gets out is is rather extraordinary. So look, he, he's going to play a, a, a big role. You know, I thought India were way out of whack. Once they didn't play Ravi Ashwin in at the Oval, I thought they were done and dusted. I, I couldn't believe that they, they wouldn't play a guy like Ashwin, such a competitor and fantastic on the big stage. I mean... 
he's an integral part of that 11 to, to think he couldn't have been part of it in that World Test Championship. And then you see what Nathan Lyon did. He bowled well in the first innings and then really well in the second. I, I, I found that extraordinary. So he'll, he'll, have, um, he'll have a big say in it. Um, and, you know, you know how those English wickets get that you know, bit dusty from day three onwards. Uh, there'll be opportunities for him as the series goes on. Simon, just looking from uh, the outside, of, of course, over here, looking at the state of where the Australian cricket team sits, OK? Um, I'm still seeing stories about uh, a woke approach from uh, Australian cricket, which is a word I would never associate with the Australian cricket team before. But we're talking, uh, still talking about the demise of Justin Langer uh, behind the scenes. We're talking about... Uh, the captain saying, um, you know, uh, let's do everything good for the planet, etc., like that. Uh, and I'm just sensing there's still um, something that has to be achieved here by the Australian cricket team under Andrew McDonald. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. I, I think, but I don't think it's just this particular squad of players and, and, and coaches. I think it's just an expectation. So, and I hope it's an expectation. I hope they feel pressure. Um, because you know, that's that's part of you know, walking the walk. They're, they're representing their country, and and this is an Ashes series. And you know, the Ashes series, you know, as, as you see the build up to this one, you know, people are plucking them out from everywhere. The you know, the great Ashes series and the great Ashes moments. So um, you know, Australia want to hold their head high and, and really perform well. Um, so uh, that, that's you know, what they've got to do. And I, I think you know, it's a really good build up. Uh, from the Oval, I don't, I don't think the. La- I hope the Langer factor has been you know, put to bed. Um, you know, I, I think it has. You know, through their performances since he's, you know, the Andrew McDonald era has started. I, I, I hope that's now been put to bed and you know, we move on. But you know, while you still see everyone making comment in the in the media, etc., you think, oh, wonder if it's going to raise its head again. I, I just hope it doesn't. Yep, uh, me too. Um, uh, and I, th- I think uh, for the sake of Test cricket, we need um, a cricket-dominated Ashes, um, uh, without doubt. Okay, um, I'm going to put it on you here uh, before I'm going to ask you to put your racing hat on for a second. A leading wicket taker in the series. Oh, gee whiz. Um, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. See, I'm not buying into that. Um, folks, you know, folks, we've we got to give I them. Love Jimmy oh, I, I, hope, just, I hope Jimmy can play just, all the test matches. I mean, you know, he's 41 yeah. years old. Um, look, I'll tell you what, they write him off every 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 series we play. They write him off. I'm whacking Mitchell Stark in there. I think I've had a gut full of people saying, oh, should he be in the team or shouldn't he be in the team? He's the best strike bowler in the world, has been probably for the last seven or eight years. He'll do me. Leading run scorer? Smith. Steve Smith and Australia to win by... No, I just want the overall, and I didn't expect anything else from you, to be fair, but I thought you might put a Victorian in there somehow. somehow. But here's, here, and, and Australia to win? Australia to win? <laughs> yes, I think Australia to win, funnily enough. But I'm not going with Ron McGrath coming 5 nil. He's, he's trotted that out. He doesn't have to back it up anymore, so he'll be getting out of bed this morning. Oh, beauty, I'll throw it up. 
throwing a hand grenade in there and you know, it just caused a bit of a, a ruckus. But I, look, I think it's going to be a great series. It, it, whoever wins, it's going to be really tight. Right, okay. Um, folks, I just should have clarified that. We are talking to a, a, a guy who's a, a class himself as, a, as an all-rounder, but predominantly he, he works out of a fast bowler's brain. So that's why it takes just a little bit of time, folks, for, for things to get from, from the top to the other side. Right, let's, let's get on to the racing. The racing side of thing in Victoria. Right, um, we're hearing a, a reduction in stakes, etc. We're hearing a battle between Peter Valandis and uh, other factions of racing. How are you viewing racing in Victoria at the moment, Scoop? <laughs> I came on for a friendly chat with you this morning. Now we're talking racing jurisdictions and... God, I love you, Peter Valandi, and fighting racing Victoria, and, oh, now you're saying I talk slow because I'm a bit fit for my first brother. I've never been more offended than what I love than Smith, but, jeez, I love talking to you. Well, 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 racing Victoria, well, come on. Well, it's just not a good time that we're losing a bit of prize money. I, I don't think that's fantastic. Peter Valandi, he's doing heel clicks at the moment. He's 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 down. He's just at Aubrey Wodonga. I don't know if you've ever been to Aubrey Wodonga. That's on our border across the Murray River. Is Aubrey on on this side is Wodonga, Victoria, New South Wales. And he's just he's just throwing bait across the river and letting Racing Victoria grab it and and do with it what he will. And he's he's got a very broad smile on his on his dial just at the minute. So look, the great thing, Smitty. Uh, um, and you know, what's come into horse racing in the last probably 10 to 12 years is we travel horses so well these days. So, you know, I think as an owner in Australia at the moment, there's nothing better than, you know, where do we race this weekend? You know, there's a, a race worth X up in Sydney. There's a race worth you know, Y in Melbourne. There's a race worth um, A over in Adelaide. Uh, which way do we go? So, and that includes New Zealand, for for that matter. You know, you guys bringing horses over, which you often do for the the Brisbane Winter Carnival, which we're you know in in that up to our ears all year. That's you know it's nearly nearly coming to a conclusion in the next couple of weeks. So, um, look, I think it's great that where the prize money's gone, and Racing Victoria have got probably a, a dose of the, the shorts at the minute, and they're they're going through their their new. Um, betting agreement, etc. So, um, uh, yeah, they're probably playing a, a little safe. But uh, I know Peter Volandi's up in Sydney. He thinks it's fantastic. Simon O'Donnell, speaking of fantastic, great to catch up with you, mate. Uh, over this side of the Tasman, we cannot wait for this Ashes to start. Um, and then, of course, leading into the Cricket World Cup towards the end of the year. Great to uh, have a chat to you. I'm, I'm glad that um, none of my questions caught you by surprise and you're able to handle them um, with a fairly... <laughs> A, a relatively straight back. I, so. I was on a friendly sporting radio station. I didn't realise I was going on 60 minutes, for God's sake. Fair dinkum. You've it's only been you used to be a good bloke, I remember. It's only been 21, not 60 minutes too, by the way. And uh, we'll put the invoice, put the invoice in. I, I think, I think the legendary Craig Hutchinson is listening to this interview. He might even give you a bonus. So you get there. You go. <laughs> right, great to chat, Smitty.